folks, this just in. The ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool. But yeah, I think this I think Elvira is a nice way to sort of finish the month on a, on a lighter note even though it's a spooky month. Now, what yeah. movies, what horror movies have you all been watching this month? Okay, so we watched Friday the 13th, 1, 2, and 3 and laughed, laughed our buns off. <laughs> Speaking of, did you know there's a Camp Crystal Lake wine? Oh, uh, no, I thing? didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's real. That's hilarious. It's real. <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, do we need to spend $60 on wine? I think so. Um, but, you know, we're catching up with all the classics and stuff like that, mostly. I, we started Evil Dead, or, yeah, Evil Dead, and when he gets to the scene where he's, like, stabbing her ankle and with a pencil, Oof. I was like, I'm out. I'm good. I just, <laughs> I aborted mission. What about you? Oh, ankles. Oof, I don't like ankles. Did you ever see uh, Pet Cemetery, the original? No, but I want to. So- I will never watch that movie again. That movie okay, terrified me as a kid. Uh, really? All I will say is Zelda. That's all I will say. Zelda? Mm-hmm. What's Zelda? What is Zelda? Z- yeah. Zelda is a character in the movie that is utterly, utterly terrifying. So, Oh, oh, I thought you meant like the comic, not the comic book, but the video game. I was like, every time people say Zelda, I'm like, okay, it's either Zelda Spellman or Zelda with the elf or <laughs> yeah. something. I never think that, that Zelda is <laughs> actually like a real name, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but to oh, answer your other question, uh, we watched... Myra and I watched um, Demon Knight last night, okay. which is a personal favorite of both of ours. And nice. <laughs> it's with Billy Zane. Nice. And uh, it's wonderful. Oh, my gosh. I love Billy Zane. He was at Son of Monster Palooza. Yeah. He, my, yeah. my buddy met him a couple weeks ago at a monster convention on the East Coast, which I don't know if oh, it was nice. Monster Palooza or if it was a different one. But he met him at, at one on the East Coast. And I was like, Dude, that is so awesome because I love Billy Zane from specifically from Demon Knight. Uh, he, he'll always be Titanic, that heartthrob, <laughs> that evil, evil heart, heartthrob from Titanic. And to some people, um, he will always be the Phantom as well. Yes, the Phantom. That's why he was at Son of Monster Palooza. I was like, oh, the guy from Titanic. And John's like, Phantom, oh my God, that's my childhood. That's and not then, how John sounds. And but. then me and my wife would be, Demon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, welcome, you guys, to another chilling and spooky, the last spooky episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. Podcast. I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And Corey, guess what today is? It's Halloween? The day before Halloween <laughs> Eve, my friend. <laughs> I was going to say Halloween Junior, but I, that, Halloween Eve. <laughs> oh, man. And we are reviewing my girl, Miss Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Ugh, man, I freaking love her. Did you know that this comic book actually got me into comic books? I I might have had an inclination of that, but I don't think our <laughs> listeners did. So that's a nice, fun little factoid. <laughs> well, now now that you guys know, it was, and I picked it up on Emerald Nights at Emerald Nights on Burbank Boulevard, and I have a picture, and I'll post it for sure. It's my first ever comic book that I ever bought, that I ever read, and it was because Elvira is my Halloween hero, and uh, I had to get it. I was like, what? She has a comic book yep i guess i'll just start reading and then here we are uh what was it like seven months later july started a comic book podcast hooked thanks elvira (laughs) thanks elvira (laughs) now let's be clear this is the current iteration of her in comic book form this is the dynamite entertainment uh uh, the imprint is dynamite she's had comics i believe in marvel and under the dc banner but this is the current uh dynamite version and i know that about the Marvel and DC banner because I listened to the Boo Crew, the episode yes, with Alvira right, right, on right. there yes. uh, at the behest of my co-host Test, uh, my at the behest of my co-host Tess. Oh, Tess, that's hard. I know. I know. Test <laughs> that, that that didn't flow right. Um, T E double S. Yeah. Not taking a test. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it was really cool. A 
you guys should definitely listen to that episode of the Boo Crew after you yeah. listen to our podcast because uh, I discovered that Elvira is a huge comic book fan, and I'm talking like mm-hmm. growing up a comic book fan, which is, uh, you know, there's not a lot of women back in probably what the 70s or whatever, whenever she was growing up uh, who were into comics, and she was into like Superman and whatnot. So like she was like a real comic book nerd, like for realsies, and that's that's impressive. Yeah, apparently she's a big old nerd. Can you believe it, everybody? I can. I mean, I nerd out over her. I mean, a lot of people do. Um, she's, um, she, look, she's the one person. She's the one person. If I, excuse me, when I meet her, I may ask if I could hug her and I may cry a little because I found her when I was in college doing a major I did not want to do. And, um, and I found her on a movie on a sad night and I found her at Viral Message of the Dark and it perked me up and I was like, I can do anything. I don't have to take, crap from anybody because elvira doesn't and since then she's she's my girl she's my girl can i ask, what's your history well, i was oh, go gonna ahead. say can i ask what the major was geology Oof. there Oof. was i you know what i love rocks they rock but um it, you know the physics and the chemistry and uh and the the calculus involved i was ready to leave college i really should have gone to college for a theater major I just, I'm a theater kid, and I'm embracing it now, my friend. I'm embracing it now. Hey, embrace your your artistic nature. It took me till I was probably about 40 to just say, you know what? I can't do other <laughs> jobs. I am a creative type. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried to be, you know, the office guy and everything, and I, it just doesn't work. I am a full-on artist. I'm a full-on creative type, and I am super lucky that I have a wife that totally understands that because I don't, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have that luxury of, of having someone who who totally gets that is yeah. and especially shout out to Wonder Woman, yeah, AKA your wife, yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I am a lucky man. That is you for sure. are. Oh yes, I agree. Um, I love that girl. But what, what did you? How did you get introduced to Elvira? Uh, yeah, so you know, growing up in the eighties, being into the horror movie scene as much as I was growing up, you can't not know who Elvira is, so I can't even tell you, like, when she got introduced to me. I've just always felt like I've known about her my whole life, and I've, I remember I saw Mistress of the Dark probably when it first came out on VHS uh, a long, long time ago, (laughs) when, you know, (laughs) when there were VHS players, and (laughs) and I actually met her at a convention on the Uh. East Coast. Now, the funny thing is, it wasn't a horror convention, it was not a comic book convention, it was a car convention in what? Yeah, in in DC, I believe. And uh, me and my buddy Robbie went to it. And I think I'm guessing I was 13 years old. Um, I mentioned this before. I got to find the picture on yep, online somewhere do. because please. I am rocking a full on mullet, a full on yes. blonde curly mullet, and it, it's insane. But uh, she was nice. I mean, I don't remember anything other than she was super nice to me, um, and she was, you know, a treat to see, a thirteen year old boy's treat to see. I mean, like, I'm sure let's, let's she be was. honest. This, the comic doesn't even shy away from the sexuality. Like, no, and I love it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> And she knows what she's doing. She knows how to get the 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 that audience, you know. And and she's and I like the fact that she's un, unapologetic about it, right? Like yeah. like screw it. Like she owns it. She owns her her sex appeal. Yeah, she does. And 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 she makes so many puns about it. I freaking love this girl. I do. Um, actually, I I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I'm part of the all girl comic book club at the Perky Nerd on Magnolia Boulevard, and we actually reviewed this last night meaning today is october 17th when we're recording this so october 16th and this saturday which unfortunately this won't be released before it happens but this saturday david avaloni the writer is gonna be at the perky nerd and i'm gonna get him to sign my comic i'm so excited that's awesome (laughs) and i saw that he he follows you on instagram and i think he commented on uh you're talking about recording tonight's uh episode and he commented on that so make sure you guys follow david yeah make sure you guys follow (laughs) tess on on instagram and me too uh um, we're both on instagram Uh, you're at tess Yanos, and i'm at Corey nation and we'll plug it you know later and i i put all the i put all the instagram links in the show notes um but we kind of we obviously 
you know, post on the on the OCD ongoing comic book discussion podcast Instagram. But we also do some stuff on our own too. So just make sure you follow all three. And, yeah, uh, get all the news and follow David Avaloni because yeah. he's a great writer. Yep, he's I a like very cool dude. So and yeah. this comic, I gotta say, right at the top, like before we even get into it. I thought it was a pure delight. I thought it was yeah. so much fun. And even with like, I'm not even like a big pun kind of like comic guy. Like I don't love that style of comedy. I, I, I gotta say, I feel like it's, it's like an older style of comedy, but mm-hmm. that's always been Elvira's shtick is that yeah. she, even though she's got all this sex appeal, her comedy stylings is very more vaudevillian esque. Yeah, burlesque. Yeah, yeah, definitely vaudeville. Yeah. yeah, and and I know she's a she's a groundling. She's from the groundlings, and I think yeah. she she came up when when like Pee Wee Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman did, uh, and that whole group and all the people that are sort of that actually went on to be like on Pee Wee's Playhouse and stuff like that. So she was at the groundlings there, and you're you're taking classes at the groundlings. Am I correct? Yep, I'm taking classes at the groundlings, and I wore my Elvira shirt. And they were like, you know, she's a groundling, right? And I was like, oh, my God, you're so right. I'm following her path. No. <laughs> <laughs> you do remind me of her a little bit. I'm not going to oh lie. Oh, my like, God. That's the biggest compliment ever. <laughs> you I can, know it like, is. When I'm reading the comic, I can almost hear like you saying some of those things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it that you see me like that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I'm a punny person. Awesome. <laughs> you are. It's... Oh, thanks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if you don't mind, I just want to read the little um, paragraph they have here on the back of Elvira. Just kind of sums her up and what she's done. Of course. Is that cool with you? Of course. All right. So she's played by actress writer Cassandra Peterson, who actually has red hair, not black hair like Elvira. Elvira, mistress of the dark, has carved out a niche in popular American culture that is sure to endure for decades to come. Elvira's reign as Queen of Halloween has now spanned 35 years and includes two nationally syndicated television series, two feature films, which are Elvira, mistress of the dark and Elvira's haunted hills, an IMAX movie and two motion controlled rides. She has appeared in national ad campaigns for Pepsi and Coors, recorded five music CDs, written four books, and licensed over 400 products, including pinball machines, action figures, guitars, three comic book series, a beer, wine, soda, pop, soda pop, sorry, not soda pop, soda pop, perfume, slot machines, slot machines, and the best-selling female costume of all time. (laughs) She's a big deal. She's a big deal. (laughs) She is a big deal. (laughs) I was gonna she, make a pun, but I, <laughs> do it, please. If there's no puns on this this episode, Corey, I'm gonna insert them later I when I know, edit this. I know, I know. We'll have to, we'll have to start inserting puns. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold back, man. Don't hold back. Uh, but uh, yeah, she's she's awesome. Um, I I I very much. I've always been a fan, obviously, and it's. I'm not. I don't even want to say that, like. I'm a fan of like, you know, like just the way she looks or whatever. Like I love that we live in a world where El- Elvira exists and and her yeah. energy's always great. And like as in the actress, like she's always seems like she's happy doing what she's doing. And and I like the fact that as a society, like she's in on not on the joke. Like she has control of the situation, how she's pre- yes. being presented, and exactly. she's choosing to have it to being presented in this way. And and you know I, I can't speak for her, but it always seemed like it, it. She had control over it, and that was I always thought made it like it honestly made it a little bit more sexy because it's it's her cho- you know how she wants to be portrayed. I guess I imagine I don't know. Um, how, like as when you were younger, like how did you tackle her sexuality? Did it, did it like, was it ever a thing? Did it matter? Or was she just no. like, like someone that was like strong and in charge? No, it was empowering. It was awesome. I mean, I came from the roller derby community, which was a bunch of empowered females. And I was still like, I started when I was 19. So I was still kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I still have my training wheels on being an adult, but like, she was like, hi, this is how you present yourself. You have, like, you, exactly what you said. You nailed it right on the head, Corey. She has control over how, not not, not how people see her necessarily, but, like, like she knows what she's doing 100% of the time. She knows how she's being presented. She is a voluptuous female with, and, and she'll she'll make fun, she'll pick, poke fun in her outfit. Like, in the movie, she's like, what do they say? Like, do you always wear that? And she's like, no, I like to wear something that's low-cut and sexy sometimes, <laughs> you know? She just, like, pokes and digs, and I love that. And 
that's really how you should go about in life. Just like, yeah, this is me. And, you know, she just shuts people down. They got nothing. They got nothing. Yeah. And at this point, like, she's an icon. She is iconic. And, and I know that she gets a hard time for being a vampire ripoff or, or whatever. I never saw it that way. I've seen va- vampire. There's similarities, but I think that Elvira, the Elvira character is a much more fleshed out character than vampire ever was. And that's in my opinion, at least, but granted, I don't think there would be an Elvira without having been a vampire before exactly i agree she started it and then then you know cassandra's really like turned up the comedy and it's like it's like the 80s when you look at it now when you go back and look at the movies and stuff like i'm laughing when i'm watching friday the 13th one two and three i am not scared like it's funny and it's fun and it makes halloween fun and she was just part of that and she like really highlighted that and pulled that out of the 80s and that's what i think that's why we all love her you know i think that's why we all love the 80s (laughs) i mean yeah and Corey was born in the 80s wait were you born in the 80s no i was born in 78 well there's an eight in it um almost 80s well you got to see the 80s a little more cognizant than somebody born in like 1980 yeah i don't know i'm trying you know what i'm saying i know i am a i am a child a product of the 80s i was uh your everything that you see in the movies like your typical latchkey kid i'd come (laughs) home you know uh you know my mom would be working until five o'clock so i'd get home from school and i just kind of at least in my high school and when i'd be there by myself when i was younger my grandfather would always be there uh waiting for me which is why we had such a great relationship but yeah uh typical 80s latchkey kid i you know i even remember when the 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 challenger blew up you know i was in class and i saw oh, that dang. happen yeah Whoa. yeah all, all that kind of stuff and uh yeah and i grew up watching you know horror movies if you listen to my other podcast uh podcasting after dark we talk so about good. a lot of of the the horror movies that i watched as a kid with my buddy zach so i was always watching stuff and the thing is like elvira was never like the mistress of the dark movie was never high on my my rotation and I think you know, like as a kid, I didn't gravitate towards horror comedies. I, I wanted things to just be horror. But as I get older, I appreciate horror comedies more. And obviously, like I loved Elvira, and, and for you know, as a, like a thirteen-year-old boy, I I loved her. But there was some sort of thing where I knew that she wasn't going to be nude in it, right? I, I knew that that was not going to be the case. So it's like I watched it once. I was like, this is awesome. But when you're like a 13-year-old boy, all you want to do is see nudity. <laughs> so knowing that there's no nudity, I, I just moved on. You know, it's like, okay, move on. Next movie, you know, next horror movie. Because then you watch something like Reanimator and there's like, you know, nudity everywhere. And so it's like, okay. And as, as a young kid, you're like, okay, I'm not going to go back too often back to Mistress of the Dark. And that's just, I'm just being honest, right? Like as, as, a, as a young boy at the time but <laughs> now getting older i haven't seen elvira mistress dark in a long time but i'm reading this comic and i'm getting a, i'm getting a kick out of it and yeah. i realized that while she obviously is appealing to young boys let's just say you know she's obviously mm-hmm. appealing to young boys um the humor is for adults. It's, 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 there's a lot of, you know, like I said, puns, but a lot of really sexual puns that as a kid <laughs> would have flown right over my head. Right. And I'm sitting here watching, reading this comic. I was like chuckling. And honestly, I was like, not, not looking forward to it, but I was like, okay, this is just going to be kind of like a little silly thing. And uh, I'm reading it. And I'm like, this is, I enjoyed this. I very much like had just a good time reading it. Like, and that's the best thing you can say about something. Like I just had fun reading it and the artwork yeah. is great. So, you know, if you let's, let's just dive into it. I want to, I want to start, oh, start man. talking about it. Yeah. Got to twist my arm. Yeah. Right. Jeez. Seriously. <laughs> so we're going to do like we usually do. We're just going to do a little tiny summary of each chapter. And usually I have like a really thorough one, but I'm going to start something new called here's the gist. So we just get a gist of it so we can do more talking in our opinions. Anyway, here we go. All right, so chapter one. Frankenstein is the name of the doctor. Here's the gist. Elvira is on a horror movie set filming a vampire scene. After shooting, she goes back to her trailer to talk to her manager about the awful script. When she leaves her trailer, she gets sucked into an electrified casket. She falls down a rabbit hole and ends up in a European-looking bedroom in a totally different time. Probably like the 1400s. 
Elvira is confronted by two guys and Mary Shelley, author of Frankenstein. They are looking for their friend who mysteriously disappeared during a ghost storytelling. The group plus Elvira find their friend at the bottom of a wine cellar. He is strapped to a chair. They are approached by a giant man with a chest shield and fur cape. He means trouble. Elvira tricks the big scary bad guy into falling into the electrified casket that brought her here. He falls in, but Elvira is sucked in as well. On the other side of this rabbit hole is the great dark poet himself, Edgar Allan Poe. Mm, yeah. Oh, man. It's a fun Mary start. Mary Shelley. Yep. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I don't really even know. We don't know what's really happening with the casket or why it's there, or why she gets pulled down, but she, we just go on this little adventure. Starts with the, the author, author of Frankenstein, yeah. Mary Shelley. Yeah, and, and you know, we kind of, I think, missed it real quick, but um, the writer of this is David Avalone. Yeah, um, Avalone, yeah. And the artist is Dave Acosta. The letterer is Taylor Esposito, and the colorist is Andrew Kovalt, mm-hmm. with cover artist by Joseph Michael Linsner, who is a very famous pinup artist. And these the covers in this are just gorgeous. All the Linsner covers are just gorgeous. If you want to see his artwork in full effect, read Cry for Dawn, and it's like this post-apocalyptic uh, sort of... Um, angel devil type of story but it's 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 the artwork is just jaw dropping it's awesome but um i gotta say dave acosta does a fantastic job doing the pencils in this in this comic i think Mm -hmm. it's just i love it elvira maintains a consistent style throughout it throughout the issues and he does a great job of pushing the sexy forward but never being exploitative or vulgar yeah, um, i agree there's yeah. i mean as a i'm i'm, I'm reading this comic as a my 13 year old self and there's so much to enjoy <laughs> uh in this comics from the artwork and but none of it is there's no nudity like and it's not ever like vulgar but as a kid i would definitely get a kick out of it but now like reading it now there's so many like little easter eggs that he that that they put in both written and visual gags uh to hollywood and stuff i believe that the director of this movie that she's sort of on is supposed to be uh lloyd kaufman oh. who is oh, wait this is the uh, mary shelley one this yeah is the yeah but at the one. yeah Sorry. at the very beginning the oh. movie that she's on oh copy copy yeah. copy i understand I sorry believe, about that i understand i believe he's supposed to be uh, i think his name is lloyd kaufman the guy who created trauma uh with with you know toxic avenger all those movies i believe that's supposed to be him uh if i'm correct um but then you know you get in in, in mary shelley like the, the art stays consistently good the entire time and i love just all the gags that they do what what did you what did you think about this start to the to the comic do you think they they found her voice do you think they captured her voice Oh my gosh, absolutely. And the fact that she keeps breaking the fourth wall <laughs> cracked me up. There's even a part where um, she says to Mary Shelley, she says, say, you're pretty good at this. You should be a writer. And Mary says, you're a flatterer. And her her chest has a thought bubble or a, a speaking bubble that says, who you calling flat? <laughs> Did you catch that? I didn't. I caught the joke. I read the joke, but I didn't notice that it was coming from her chest. Her chest. That, yeah. That's perfect. I mean, even the <laughs> movies and the shows and stuff, she always broke the fourth wall and kind of looked at the mm-hmm. camera and whatnot. This just captures the essence of Elvira so perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And they even bring in her dagger later on, that her dagger that does nothing in the movie. It's just a fake flexible dagger, but this one's just like a little tiny two-inch dagger that doesn't even uh, get the, the unnamed scary bad guy. He's just like, um, what are you doing? And she's like, I need a real dagger. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the, the, the quote-unquote scary bad guy, I like by the end, he's kind of funny too. Like he, yeah. he's doing some funny yeah. stuff as well. This is never... Never played for scares. Elvira's yeah. never quite really played for scares. She's always played more for comedy and, you know, sex appeal and puns and stuff. And it's never quite scary. But at the same time, she – I love her energy. I love the fact that she just uh, she just goes with the flow sort of, you know. Like obviously she's aware of what's happening and she wants to get back to her own time. But at the same time, she's like, 
she can still deal with this, right? Like she's yeah. not freaking out. Right. And and she just kind of like goes with the flow. She's like, all right, where am I? And then they're like, we're trying to find our friend in the cellar. And she's like, all right, if we go down in the cellar, we're going to need a wine opener. Who's got the corkscrew? It was like she just makes it like every single moment that she can, she'll throw something out. Like she's just she would seem I bet she's like so pleasant to be around if she were if she were real. Yeah, she's yeah, she's so happy and pleasant. I I love Elvira the character. It's yeah. she's just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And like I said, they really just capture her voice in this very very well, and just just mm-hmm. the energy of an Elvira experience, I guess. Yeah, and what do you think about Mary Shelley? She was like, "Oh, did you write that book yet?" Or yeah, did you write that? Or you should be an author, you know? Yeah. And uh, she's like, "What?" And <laughs> I, I love how they they like they start with that. I honestly wish we saw more female icons throughout this this series but i mean uh, we get it right like edgar Allan poe there's there's not a lot of mary shelley's out there let's just say from from past from horror past right. um and, that people would know about and, as yeah, much no yes okay you know correct let's, yeah let's say you're right I, I apologize there are a lot of influential female um horror creators but these like in this she's ta- like the comic is is introducing her to Edgar Allan Poe to Bram Stoker so like Mary Shelley's kind of the biggest one to kind of go up up with there with these yeah. big names that everyone would sort of know but I like that they put her first and I like that they gave it a, a you know gave her time to shine you know I like that yeah me too me too should we um should we go to the next chapter yes of course issue two with <laughs> okay. Edgar Allan Poe Mr. Mr. Baltimore himself my hometown <laughs> oh yeah Baltimore I don't know what I was singing you know that song, right? Sure, Baltimore. yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore. Hello, Baltimore. Wow, it's a, it's a two-person thing. We both sing at the same time, and it's different words. I'm so glad <laughs> we got that at the, at the yeah, same time there. Anyway, we're uh, we're going we're not going on the road. We'll be here podcasting. Yeah, no we'll not quit our day jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, chapter two, Nevermore. Elvira explains to Poe what she thinks is going on, but Poe is speechless by her beauty. While chatting at a nearby tavern, the big, scary, unnamed bad guy from the last chapter busts out of the time-traveling casket. He finds Elvira at the tavern and threatens her life if she doesn't help him get back home. The bartender shoots the bad guy, but he quickly comes alive again. He snarls, revealing his sharp fangs. Elvira realizes he is Vlad the Impaler. Elvira and Poe flee aboard a horse and buggy. Vlad turns into a flying raven and catches up with the buggy. Elvira thinks quickly and lights a whip on fire with a gas lamp and burns the raven. She thinks she's in the clear and jumps back inside the time-traveling casket. When she opens the casket, a man and a lady stare at her. The lady shouts, Bram, who is this woman? (laughs) (laughs) And I love the little things that are happening in the background, like when she leaves the yeah. graveyard with Edgar Allan Poe, uh, a couple is walking by, a wife and a husband, and, you know, the husband just is, like, breaking his neck to, like, look at Elvira, and, yeah. and he gets hit in the head by the wife, and then even, like, in two pages later, uh, Vlad the Impaler's, oh, I don't know if we know his name yet, but uh, uh, Dracula's oh, yeah, coming out, yeah. and... Vlad the Impaler, yeah. yeah. And Vlad the Impaler, and, like... <laughs> The family, the wife, and you know, she's still holding the broom or um, the the umbrella over the guy's head. Like, I love how it's still there. Like, the the joke is still like there. Um, And I like the scene where he turned when they were in the stagecoach, and he turned into the giant raven, and she took the whip and caught it on fire. Very much reminded me, and I think it had to have been like an inside joke to Castlevania, the video game, because Simon Belmont fights Dracula with a flaming whip. So I was like, I think that that was no, like, a, like a reference to Castlevania. And I love that she says, hey, I, uh, I think I know the next topic for your next poem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the raven. Because <laughs> he turns into a, the raven. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's great. It's, it's fun. Uh, the issue moves fast. Even when, when Vlad turns into the raven, the giant raven, like it's a cool, there's a cool shot of him sort of mid-transformation, kind of screaming or something. It, it does a good job of... It's never scary, but maintaining a bit of of macabre to it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love at the beginning how she um, recaps the entire issue from before to, uh, to Poe. Yeah. 
And she even references the author, Avalone. She's like, well, if he'll, you know, hey, Avalone, if you'd uh, just take a moment to uh, describe the last chapter, I wouldn't have to do this. Now let's move on. Yeah, if you actually would like write a recap at the beginning of the issue, then we wouldn't have to take the time to do this. But it's great because she breaks the fourth wall while she does it. She calls the the writer out by name. I like that stuff. I like that stuff now. When I was younger, I didn't love it i wanted things to be more serious but as i'm older i actually enjoy this kind of stuff now i think it's fun it's 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 fun right it's it makes it a lot more fun and it makes something that could just be it could have just been generic and and kind of boring and without the fourth wall breaks this comic would have lost something it would have lost a spark of fun right yeah exactly it's like we're involved with the story because she does that and it's never out of poor taste it's like it goes along with it very well you know Mm -hmm. exactly Exactly. And I don't know if you guys know Vlad the Impaler, but he was um, the inspiration for the next person that we meet in the next chapter. But he um, was a very evil man, very real, very evil man mm-hmm. um, in the uh, Romanian times, I believe. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly. But yeah, he was the the template for Dracula via Bram Stoker. Um, yeah. But yeah, Vlad the Impaler, real and impaled people. Like, you know, that yeah. was like his thing. Alive. Yeah, yeah. Vlad uh, Tepes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Elvira should be absolutely terrified of him, but she says things like, yeah, murder, death, mayhem, yada, yada, we get it. You know, like she just, it's just another, we get it, whatever, shut up, dude, stop following me. <laughs> yeah, like- <laughs> yeah, we've been there. Yeah, it, it's it's like deflating to, to the horror aspect of it, right? She she completely deflates the the fear that you would have uh, with of Vlad, but that's what that's what makes it fun. She just kind of laughs in the face of it. And even though there is an element of danger that she's aware of, she's still like laughing in the face of it, which is fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And like we said, like Corey said, like it's these issues move so quickly. That's why we're moving so quickly because they just they're just they're just fun. Like you have to be there. Like we can't tell you all the jokes. There's just every single bubble is a joke. Yeah, there's there's jokes left and right. Like, yeah, you're right. It's it's hard to even like track them down because there's so many and to varying degrees of of humor. Right. Like but some of them are really quite good. And a lot of it's a lot of it's a visual gag and everything. And, you know, like I said, the, the artist does not shy away from making Elvira's costume a lot more revealing than it is in real life and <laughs> and it kind of gives just an added extra bit of fun I guess especially you know to the 13 year old boy in me right <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> lie about that right? <laughs> don't lie Corey don't lie no he keeps coming out today he's like Elvira must speak I love her <laughs> little little Corey oh I know <laughs> All right. Well, chapter three. Yes, indeed. Oh, and by the way, we should yeah, mention yeah. real quick that this collection, this story arc is called Elvira colon Time Scream. So these right. five issues are called Time Scream. And I should also mention that, and I learned this because I was a baby comic book reader back in, you know, January of this year. So, so long ago. Um, I, I picked up, I didn't realize, first of all, I didn't realize there were so many variant covers. So what I was doing was I was picking up the variant covers because I thought they were different stories. But what I was actually accidentally doing is that right now she has two comic books out. One is from David Avalone. I think they're both by David Avalone. But one is called, um, this one's called Mistress of the Dark. And then the second one is The Shape of Elvira, mm. where she has an interaction with uh, the monster from the Black Lagoon. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's very good. And I was very confused why we kept going from Vlad to the monster. I was like telling my husband, I was like, these don't even go together. Like, why is it just a random story? How do I read this? What is comic books? But that's what it was because I kept getting, I didn't know I was a baby at one time, Corey. You were, you were too. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. <laughs> millions, there was a time. Millions of years was, ago. Yeah, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, good. Well, I'm glad we're having fun doing this. This is fun. Oh, we always have fun doing this. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Ongoing fun comic book podcast. You know what I'm saying. All right. All right. Chapter three. Stoker. I hardly know her. Elvira is in the presence of Bram Stoker. Is it Stoker? Like stoked? Stoker? Stalker? Yeah, Bram, Bram, Bram Stoker. 
Bram Stoker, author of Dracula, and his wife, who is very upset at Elvira's appearance. Vlad the Impaler busts out of the time machine casket once again. He lays eyes on Bram's wife, quickly falls in love, puts her under a spell, and flies her away in his arms to marry her. Bram and Elvira try to save Bram's wife, but are pummeled by Vlad. Elvira figures that someone must be orchestrating this whole time-traveling fiasco, and it's about time they found out who. Vlad talks about traveling through time to destroy every world he encounters. This is obviously a very terrible, terrible idea. So Elvira sets the casket on fire so they are stuck in 1890. A man named Dr. Faust comes out of the burning flames. He was behind the whole thing. Turns out with a snap of his fingers, he can put anyone into his any era. The coffin was just a prop. He snaps, Vlad disappears, he snaps again, and Elvira is on a movie set. So Faust is the... A German legend, he's dissatisfied with life, makes a pact with the devil, he exchanges his soul for unlimited knowledge and worldly pleasures. That's the guy who's behind all this. Yes, yes, and that was a real literary character. Yes, a lot, I mean, these all are, actually, I mean, well. Well, authors, I mean, you know yeah, what I'm saying. authors, literary character, yeah, because, yeah, Vlad Dracula, obviously Vlad Tempest is real, but dracula is a literary character and they're kind of drawing from that and yeah faust was a literary character but then bram stoker edgar Allan poe and mary shelley are all authors so it's yeah it's a mixture of of real and and fantasy uh here but uh, i i thought this issue was fun because i liked how vlad's attention then was was now on bram stoker's uh wife i thought that was kind of made yeah. for a fun little <laughs> fun little distraction because he can't just be chasing elvira around through through the countryside all the time and bram stoker's kind of like a, a bumbling you know idiot he's not doing too well although we do find uh find out that the stake to the heart does not kill uh, Vlad, the Dracula Vlad, and that was just and, made yeah. up. And he's and like, he just stands there. It's like he's like this. This hurts, <laughs> but it didn't kill me. Why did he? He's like, why did you do that? <laughs> I like that. I, I like their back and forth. He like she tried to stab him with the dagger, but it didn't work. And then now it's the, the wooden thing, and now it doesn't work. And she's like, what the heck? What do I? What do I do now? I don't know how to kill you. And I think <laughs> I like away. this issue because. Uh, Vlad is now starting to turn into more of a character that that's you know he he's him and her starting to have a little bit of back and forth other than him just chasing her and yelling at her like I like that they're starting to have this you know this this character development between the two of them which I enjoyed and I found I found Vlad to be more enjoyable the more sort of silly he became and and just, yeah and even his just dealings with what's happening around them especially in the next issue is is a lot more I thought fun uh, but I liked it. I like the direction it started to to go and and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. And I like how he talks in the third person. He's like, "Vlad is mad" or something like that. And they're like, "Are you talking in the third person?" Like- yeah, even she calls him out on that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And you know, like I said, the artwork stays consistent through the entire thing. I think he does. I can only assume that he uses references uh, for Bram Stoker for Mary Shelley. I can only assume he's using visual references, but he does a good job keeping the character consistently looking the same way throughout the issue so you never there mm-hmm. never have any question about you know who it is or anything like that but again so many puns so, you know even like here she even says uh yippee kaye mother impaler which is yeah. <laughs> which is a reference to uh die hard yippee kaye mother you know and the fact that Vlad says, wait a minute, I never impaled my mother. Like, he just totally <laughs> didn't get it. I liked it. Yeah. I thought that was funny. He's like, I don't impale my co- I don't impale my family. But wait, do cousins count? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and we're laughing because we're, like, looking at it. But, like, seriously, I was, watch- like, reading this, and I was, like, like chuckling out loud, smiling. It's a good, it's a feel-good comic. If you just want a little a little happy boost. Yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> like I said at the beginning, it's, it's just a, it's a fun little romp through time, basically. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think maybe in this one or the next one, they talk about how um, they've been using Using public domain characters or characters not under copyright or something yeah. like yeah, that's it's, why. <laughs> yeah it's in the next issue where, where she, they they go to hollywood and and yeah, yeah. exactly yes <laughs> she's like oh wait that's right we're now into a time frame time period where we can't actually uh we have to deal with copyright laws <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Oh man! Well, shall we? Speaking yep. of chapter four, yeah, let's okay. Because I think it keeps getting, it gets more and more fun as it goes along. Yeah, it's just, it's honestly, it's one giant story, and they like had to, they easily could break it up into parts based on the characters. But you can get this, like, uh, like you can read this in like no time. How much, how much time did this take you to read? Uh, probably about forty-five minutes to get through the whole thing. Less, less than an hour for sure. Yeah, super fun. All right, chapter four: Fauster, Pussycat, Kill, Kill. Elvira time travels to the 1935 set of The Bride of Frankenstein. Vlad once again time travels with Elvira. Vlad is at his wit's end and starts chasing Elvira through many classic Hollywood movie sets, from a western to a dinner party to a musical number with Fred Astaire. It all comes to an end on a pirate movie set when Elvira sticks Vlad in the chest with a metal sword and then electrocutes him. He is burnt to a crisp. Dr. Faust pops in to remind Elvira that they can time travel anywhere she wants, so why, why go back to her time? Elvira denies him, so he obliges and snaps to take her back to her time. However, that doesn't work, and they realize they might be stuck in 1935. The devil, yes, the devil, suddenly appears and tells Dr. Faust that his time is up. Elvira tries to flee, but in a flash of fire and smoke, she disappears with the devil in Faust. This was my favorite chapter. What about you? Yep, I was just that was literally what I was about to say. This was my favorite (laughs) issue. Uh, It was beginning to end. It was so much fun. Uh, I don't even know how we can like possibly tell you all the fun things that are in it. It's wall to wall puns. It's packed with with fun. And I think that this is when I I actually liked Vlad. The uh, he he becomes he's just bamboozled by like all the stuff that's around him. He keeps like trying to do trying to attack her and just it's just he can't like function in this world and then to have him just end up getting fried like that at the end and i love his little skeleton is sitting there like holding its middle finger up at her you know yeah. and i was like i was sad that he was dead because i i really was starting to like their interaction together and i wanted to possibly saw see where it was gonna go but i get it i get how you're gonna why you're gonna wrap this up i thought that this was a five issue series i didn't realize it was going to be four issues so i four yeah yeah. i read this and i was like oh no no there's no more what (laughs) i thought i thought there was all another issue but i realized it when when he died that i was like okay maybe this is the last issue but that kind of stunk it if i have one complaint about this comic is that it's it's over too quickly (laughs) (laughs) well there's more i think there's already more i think i accidentally picked up like the sixth one i don't know i was a like i said i was a comic book baby i didn't know i didn't know what i was doing but um yeah oh my gosh i love that they go through all the movie sets they go what is that john wayne he's in a western they go to the set of thin man i think um because he's holding the cat the dinner scene okay and then and then they're making what else oh and the bride of frankenstein yeah like how awesome is that and like, like an errol flynn type of uh like pirate scenario and even yeah and, and i the one thing that i liked was uh i think a bunch of um, security guards are like uh, mentioned or no it was the Errol Flynn uh, got character he was like mentioned something about Vlad being a pirate and then Vlad was like why does everyone call Vlad a pirate and the other like, <laughs> actor was like it's the hair it's your, your long hair no it was the two um it was the two uh it was it was John Wayne it was the western that he was John at. Wayne, yeah, yeah. and they were yeah. like oh it's, it's your hair buddy and then they just like told him yeah. right there like oh yeah hair. that's it but I, I liked that yeah. I liked how he was like why do why does everyone call me that yeah <laughs> and then they get to the pirate scene and that's where vlad like really shines and they're like they they're i think they're rolling or something and they get like the pirate scene and they're really having like a, a sword a yep. sword fight yeah. like <laughs> yeah i like that it was it was a lot of fun and you know yeah. i do want to see now where where you know faust takes her and or yeah. actually the devil or, well, or whatever hell, yeah <laughs> yeah i'd like to see where it goes um if if you know if i get a chance to read this uh, in the second part of this i i wouldn't mind maybe we'll do it down the road we'll revisit the second half but i I would like to see where it goes as a as a whole i enjoyed this a lot oh good i'm so glad i'm so glad you liked it i i know that you you did this for me you know elvira's my girl but i'm so glad that you ended up liking it it's so funny because i just made a big post on instagram about us about to record and then i was like oh crap what if Corey doesn't like it because Corey and i don't like to discuss what we think of the comic book because we save it here we save all the shock things here um so i was crossing my fingers i'm so glad that you like it friend <laughs> <laughs> i i appreciate that we did this and honestly i mean this is 
this is like, this is what I want, right? Like I want to be opened up to new things as well, to new comics as well. So this is, this is great. And obviously I'll tell you guys when I have misgivings about things like uh, if you listen to our lady mechanica you know (laughs) you keep bringing her up i know well that's because it's it's the only example we have of something that i think we both were sort of on the same page about it's just there was so much exposition in that in that comic there was just too many words just too many words this was a there should be a word count there should be a word count there really should (laughs) this was a good balance i thought uh, i thought the writer i thought the writer found her voice very well um, I thought the artist did a great job keeping things whimsical yet sexy. I mean, that can't be that can't be easy to do to try to keep things to not like he never goes into too far into the sexy realm and he never goes to the point where he makes Elvira. She never he never makes Elvira look bad ever. Right. But he also never makes her so vulgar that you're like, this is borderline porn. It never feels like that. And with Elvira, that's the hardest sort of, I think, line to walk is keeping it from being too too adult and too, like, vulgar and porny, you know, for, for the lack of better yeah. words, and still keeping it all ages even though, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit blue. Yeah, I think she served as the equivalent of what like a like an executive producer might be. Like he consulted her a lot, but I think that he went. You can tell that he went into it with a lot of care and a lot of thought, a lot of TLC, because she's an icon. You can't mess this up, pal. And he didn't. Like I'm so glad that he was given the reins on this one. It, it could have, like you said, though. You you nailed it on the head again. Like it could have been. Could have been a porno comic book. Somebody could have gone over the line, but uh, he didn't. And it was tasteful the whole way through. And gosh, it was just a fun one. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'll probably read this like every Halloween. It'll be my thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great Halloween comic. And in the back of this trade, because we're not reading the individual issues, we're reading the trade, they have just mm-hmm. a collection of all the covers back there. And it's it's almost worth picking up this trade just for all the different artists that they had doing covers. Uh, Lindsner being uh, my... My personal favorite i just i love the way he renders elvira she looks just amazing and uh i, I just it's it's a fun comic that's the I, honestly that's the best compliment that i can give this is that it was just fun to read and i you know like i read so many comics that are just dark and and uh, mature but not mature like like adult but like mature like dealing with these these big topics and stuff like that that you're just like oh this is heavy it's nice to just freaking have fun once in a while and just read a book that's just silly and and a good time and this this was a good time if if you guys even have a slight indication that you like elvira if you maybe just once saw you know mel elvira mistress of the dark way back in the day i, I think you deserve it to I think she deserves another go round. I think you, you deserve it to yourself to to check this out and really see what it see what it's all about. I think it's fun. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't know if I'll I'll revisit it as much as you, but I I had a good time. I had a really good yeah, time. Yeah, you'd recommend it to I would anyone, recommend right? it to somebody, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially like um new comic book readers because it's not like there's not too much story with it. It's just it's just like here's a here's a really good comic book. And speaking of artists, did you notice in the back, Robert Hack actually has a few variant cover art, and he did Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. Remember? Yep. Oh, I <laughs> loved his art there, and it looks, I mean, his render, uh, rendering of, of Elvira is awesome. I, I love that piece. I mean, most of these these pinups in the back are just fantastic pieces on their own. Just, you could, any one of them could, could easily be framed and put up on the wall, and they're all oh, fun, yeah. and they're all you know sexy in some way and it's just it's it's so cool it's a lot there's a lot of love put in this and like you said i think she had a lot to do with i think cassandra peterson like probably had some kind of say in this i I, from what i understand she controls elvira the just the character so i am she owns her yeah yeah so i imagine that that she had say into where the story was going i'm sure he pitched it to her she you know okayed it here and there um but it's it the whole comic feels like it was just made with love towards mm-hmm. the character, towards the Elvira character. Yeah, love and respect. So much respect. Yep, exactly. I love that. 
Well, awesome. I'm so glad that you loved it. Um, I definitely want my husband to read it because he knows how obsessed I am with Elvira and how excited I was about this. <laughs> so, <laughs> Has he, he hasn't read it yet? No, not yet. He was waiting for this episode to be over because he knows that I own, I have this book. I, I have all my markings and stuff like before the podcast. So he knows he can't touch the one that I'm reading right <laughs> then. Um, but now it's all his. So... But anyway, all right, man. That was that was a fun one. Yeah, that was, that was a lot a fun... of fun. And we're wrapping up uh, October. I mean, you know, we're not yes. wrapping up October because it's like halfway <laughs> through the month. But you guys and gals, uh, it's it's the end of October, and uh, yes. we hope that this was a fun spook spooktacular for you all. Hope you had a lot of fun. Yeah. I think. Next month, we're going to focus on families since it's like the Thanksgiving month, November. So I think we're Mm going to try to focus on uh, comic books about families, probably dysfunctional and weird families, but family units (laughs) nonetheless is the theme. What what kind of other families are there, Right, yeah. Especially in comic books. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, because having everyone function normally does not make for a good story, sadly. That's true. And the end. They all lived happily ever after. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not nobody wants that at all. <laughs> but uh, but this was fun. I enjoyed talking about horror comic books with you. I I and yeah. I, I love October, and I know you do too. So yeah, and happy one month to our podcast. This is episode number ten. Woo-hoo. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Um, you know where you can find us. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you feel so uh, awesome, which you probably do, could you please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? It really helps us out. Support us. That's it. And you know what? Another way to support us is you can actually share our podcast with all your nerd friends. That means a lot to us. We'll give you a shout-out in our Instagram stories if you do. We love we love the love we get on Wednesdays. I don't know. How about you? You you agree? I absolutely agree. <laughs> Wednesday is the best day ever. <laughs> and not only because it is it's new day. comic book day, but it's new podcast day. It's a lot of fun. I love it. And we do I appreciate know. all the reviews that we've gotten so far. Um, all the love that you guys have shown us online. It's 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 amazing. It's it, how quickly it sort of happened. And mm-hmm. it's uh, it's fun to watch, but we hope that we hope we're doing it for you guys. We hope that, you know, this is this is a good time. We hope that we're bringing something new to the table. We hope that the conversation is is fun but at the same time we want you all to be involved in the conversation as well so please feel free to pick it up on social media you can find us on facebook you can find us on instagram uh just search ongoing comic book discussion podcast i believe actually on facebook we are facebook.com slash ocd podcast which is yes you grabbed yeah, that i grabbed yes. that i was like oh my gosh <laughs> i actually got that so mm-hmm. um find us on there you can email us either through instagram you can email us through our website you can email us through facebook whatever you want to do just keep the conversation going let's let's talk about these comics that's the whole point of this we don't want it to be a one-sided us just yelling into the void so (laughs) (laughs) the the podcasting void but we hope you enjoy you guys enjoyed this and uh tess where can we find you in the uh twitterverse well, not in Twitterverse, but you can find me in cyberspace somewhere on Instagram mostly. Uh, it's at Tessianos. That's T-E-S-S-L-A-N-O-S. And Corey, where can we find you, my friend? Yeah, I'm on Instagram is where I'm most active, at Corey Nation. And uh, I'm on a couple other podcasts here and there. You can find me on Podcasting After Dark, talk about some horror movies. You can find me on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, talking about Seinfeld. And every week here on Ongoing Comic Book Discussion podcast and i love it i love every minute of it i love it i know happy halloween you guys and as elvira would say unpleasant dreams this has been another episode of ongoing comic book discussion with tess and Corey. follow us at OCD Podcast on instagram and ongoing comic book discussion podcast on facebook You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey.